both of those guys, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, uh, probably three-fourths of the way through the season last year, just seemed like they hit a wall. And it was like mentally, physically drained and wasn't the same player uh, for the remainder of the season there, maybe in spurts, but not over the course of a whole game. And this year, so far, you haven't seen that. Uh, Braden Smith is uh, one of the best players in the country, and, and I think that was justified when he was on the uh, the Naismith midseason team that came out the other day for the top 30 players in the country, along with Zach Eady, who everybody knew was going to be on that list. Um, but what Braden Smith is doing right now is, is honestly unlike any season we've seen out of a pretty player in history, um, averaging right around, I think, six boards and 13 points and something like seven assists, eight assists. It's just crazy. Every single night, I feel like he could go out there and have a triple-double. Um, and he's become a leader of this team, vocal leader. But more importantly, he's he's just more aggressive shooting. I think that was a thing last year as a freshman. Uh, Matt Painter wanted him to shoot more, and he just was hesitant because he's he's a freshman and he was deferring to older guys. And now you're seeing him take a lot more of those shots, and he's a really good shooter. And because of that, his scoring has increased. And uh, that alleviates Zach Eady, who uh, last year he kind of felt like every game had to go out there and put up 25 or 30 points for Purdue to have a chance. And now uh, other guys have shown that uh, that's not the case. I think, you know, there's five or six guys on this team that could go out and give you 20 to 30 points on any given night. Purdue right now is the second best odds to win the national championship at Bet MGM. UConn plus 650, Purdue 7 to 1. Houston at 10 to 1. They get to Final Fours, don't win national championships, but they're Big 12 tested this year, so maybe things will be a little bit different. We'll talk a little hoops with Sam King here on Bet MGM tonight. You mentioned Zach Eady there. We know how good he is as a college basketball player, wins all the awards, dominates everybody down low. How come NBA teams don't like this guy? I think that uh, some scouts are starting to come around, it seems like, and I know. Uh, it's all projection now and based on who's going to come out and who's not. But, you know, ESPN had him ranked as high as, I think, the 13th or 14th overall pick at, at one point. Uh, I think when you watch a college game of him, you see a seven foot four, 300-pound guy that stands with his back to the basket, catches the ball in the post, and turns and, and scores. And that's great for the NBA if it's 1985 or even 1995. That's not great for the NBA in the current day where – it's, uh, you know, some offenses are five out and just shoot threes and things of that sort. And, and there's this notion that Zach Eady is strictly a post player that doesn't have any shooting touch. And uh, that's, you know, maybe the furthest thing from the truth because I've seen him in practices and he can catch and shoot uh, and, and hit threes at a high rate. It's just that for the college game and for Purdue's success, that's not what they need him to do. It's like, listen, you're the most dominant guy in college basketball park your butt in the paint and let us throw you the ball and turn around and dunk it. Uh, make it simple. Uh, we don't need to do things out of the ordinary just to prove that you can do it. You can, you know, that's why you have a draft combine and things like that. And I think that coming back was probably a, a great decision for him because he would have been a second round pick and probably bouncing back and forth or probably even strictly in the G league this year. Uh, but he got stronger. He's got better footwork this year. He's, um, you know, he's been, ISOed kind of with uh, against guards defensively at points this year, and, and guards think they can take a seven foot four guy to the basket and, and get around him with speed. And he's been able to go step for step with them and and show that he can do it. Now that doesn't mean he's going to to go to the NBA and you know 
guard Steph Curry or anything like that, but uh, I think he's got a place in the NBA, probably not going to go there and be a star or anything like that, but uh, somebody's going to take a chance on him, I'm sure, and uh, be happy that they did it. Sam, I'm a big fan of Mac Painter. I think he does a, a, a tremendous job in the Big Ten, but, I mean, we know how these programs work in college athletics. It's win or get out, or get out, right? So is he in danger if Purdue has another way too early uh, exit from the NCAA tournament? Uh, that's hard to say because at some point those start piling up. And somebody uh, last year in Columbus, Ohio, when we kind of came to the realization that, holy crap, this is actually going to happen, they turned to me and said, does this cost Matt Painter his job? And I, I was like, I don't think so. I really thought last year's team overachieved quite a bit. And, you know, if you're an athletic director and people um, that are more reasonable about that than a ra- irrational fan, you kind of see that and, and say so you give these guys a chance to come back. But this is, what, three or four times now that, uh, that Matt Painter's lost to a double-digit seed in the first round or even with St. Peter's it was a Sweet 16, but it was still a – a 14 seed that knocked you out of the tournament. Um, but I think not this year. Uh, I mean, the team's been too good, and he he's a Purdue guy, which probably, you know, helped him get through uh, some years there that were lean uh, maybe a decade or so ago. Um, but, you know, with the success this team has had, I think that, first of all, I don't see any way that this happens again, but uh, the NCAA tournament is, is kind of crazy at times. Um, but I think that that he's earned the right and with the recruiting class that he's got coming in, which is a, you know, really highly touted class with a bunch of athletes that um, I think you let him ride this thing out uh, at least for a while. He's like Mark Few, great coach, always has his team in it, just doesn't win championships. I think, or hasn't, I should say, not doesn't. That's not fair. That was the knock on Roy Williams, though, for a long time, right? Like, he was the coach at Kansas forever and didn't win a championship and then ultimately did. And then the public opinion completely changes. Matt Painter is an interesting one, though, because right now he is kind of, you know, the fans and the alumni win a championship and nobody questions that guy. All of a sudden he becomes a hot name for everybody. We're talking with Sam King here on the BetQL Network. So let's say you got a free million bucks, not my money. It's Denton Day's money, so do whatever you want with it. Free million bucks. Uh, you can't put it on Purdue to win the national championship. Who do you put that money on? Oh, absolutely, Connecticut. I think that, uh, you know, they Connecticut and Purdue are, are far and away the two best teams in the country, and then, you know, Houston probably right there behind those two. But I, I think those two have solidified themselves as the best two teams. And uh, the thing that UConn has going for it is, you know, it already proved that, that it can win a national championship. So, uh, you know, if I can't put it on Purdue, um, even if I could, I'd probably uh, go with UConn. Sam, outside of Purdue, who's the best team in the Big Ten? Oh, that changes daily, <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> uh, talent-wise, I would say Illinois. Um, but I just feel like at some point Illinois is going to hit this stretch where you lose two or three games in a row that – you know, I think that uh, the, the possibility is there for that. And it's been Purdue that's been kind of steady all year, um, lost at Northwestern and at Nebraska. And people were uh, like, okay, here we go again. This team, you know, is going to underachieve. And, you know, I think the team was better built to handle adversity this year than maybe last year where that would have spiraled the team a little bit. But, yeah, I think Illinois is probably there, the second-best team. And, um, you know, I'm not ready to, to you know, put Michigan State in the grave yet because I've, we've all seen Tom Izzo 
you know, pull some random things out of his rear end uh, come March. So, you know, I, I think that Michigan State's got some talent. Illinois has got some talent. Um, Wisconsin has been a surprise, but uh, it's a team that recently obviously hit that snag where it lost a few in a row. But, yeah, I would say Illinois probably right now behind Purdue. Sam, before you get out of here, it says in your bio, baseball park enthusiast. And I love a good Major League Baseball park myself. They're knocking down Kauffman Stadium, dude. Well, eventually they're going to, and they're putting in a downtown ballpark. That just became official this week. Uh, Before you get out of here, what is the best current ballpark to watch a game at from a fan's perspective? It's funny you say that because I've been harassing my wife about getting to Kansas City, which is the furthest <laughs> thing she wants to do on a vacation um, because that's one of the two ballparks I haven't been to. And now I was like, well, now we got to go to Kansas City twice. So, you know, you hesitated, and, and here's where we, we're at. But, man, I really love uh, – I love the nostalgia of, like, a Fenway Park or a Wrigley. But in terms of just going there and watching a, a game and, and the game day experience – uh, Baltimore, uh, to me, was uh, was pretty incredible. So just kind of having the warehouse built into the stadium, I thought that was a unique thing that not a lot, a lot of ballparks have. And unfortunately now we get a lot of cookie-cutter type stadiums with, you know, as fast as they build and tear these things down. It's sad, man. I don't want to see the old stadium go. But I understand. Times change. That is Sam King talking a little college hoops and a little baseball with us here on bet mgm tonight great stuff as always brother we'll catch up soon all right sounds good thanks here's the thing about a good ballpark then it either has to be in my opinion all right just one guy's thought the old ones are the best the fenways and the wrigley's you know where it's the 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 hand delivered scoreboard and just super old school right where you don't have all the amenities around you all the times but if not you need brand new right i can do old but if it's going to be old, I'm all right with that. If it's not going to be old, then I want new. I want an iPad connected to my seat. I want to have the air conditioning system right above my head. I want to be able to teleport to go get myself a hot dog turned into liquor. <laughs> I want everything that is humanly possible at the new stadium. That's the problem with the place like my beloved Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City, where it's not so old to be cool, but it's not so new that it's good enough. Where they just say screw it, so they're knocking they're knocking it down eventually and putting up a new stadium. Like it's, it's stuck in that it's stuck in that weird middle ground, right? That's yeah. that's kind of where like Nats Park is. Like it was new at one point, but now it's been around for like 10, 15 years. They've added a couple of things, but like really not a lot to the stadium experience. So they're like in that weird middle ground as well, where they're stuck and the ownership is too cheap to uh, uh, to do anything about. It. Like I went to Colorado this summer and I got to go to a Rockies game. It's the first time I've ever been to the stadium and that ballpark. Like, just the views. If you're sitting – we had we had high seats, and I was pumped. I was like, yeah, like, I'll take a 400 seat because then I can watch the game, but I can also see the Rocky Mountains uh, in the background, and it was kind of when uh, the NBA Finals were going on. It's so, like the city was rocking. It was a great experience. So I just – I don't have that here in D.C., unfortunately. You want to hear about the time that I tore my ACL at Coors Field? We got, like, a minute left. You want to hear about it? Oh, yeah, go for it. Give me it, yeah. So – it's New Year's Eve. This is way back in college. And my buddy had a condo, his parents did, in Lodo in Denver. And he's like, you want to go see if we can get into Coors Field and get on the mound? And I said, of course I do. Right? That was the right answer. <laughs> and so he's much more athletic than me. And so we jump the fence, get in. And then we get on the mound and we get chased eventually out of Coors Field by security. He's still much more athletic than me. He jumps back over the fence. I get stuck on the top of the fence 
And at that point, I'm like, I'm not, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I either go back in the Coors side and probably end up in jail, or I go on the other side and I take the 10 foot drop. And I took the 10 foot drop and I tore my knees right then and there. Oh. Funny enough, that security guard that I thought was going to arrest me was the guy that actually ended up helping me with my knee and then gave me a ticket. <laughs> nice guy. He's still keeping in touch. <laughs> tonight. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM, live from BetQL.